My name is Kevin Tony, and this is the Uncommon Sense Podcast. Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to another episode. And thank you for tapping in again. I hope that you have enjoyed this week's series, paying tribute to fathers in honor of Father's Day. We had some good episodes, and if you haven't had a chance to, I encourage you to please go back and listen uh, all four episodes, well, three, uh, four, including this one. But uh, I had some stellar, honorable men that I know, including my father, that I was happy to have. It was a privilege to host them on on the podcast to talk about what fatherhood means to them and how it has shaped their worldview, how it has shaped them as men, and the effect that it had on them that trickled down to their families. And I wanted to do that because I look around our society today and I see so many things wrong. The mindsets, the mentalities of, you know, young men and women, millennials, and in my mind, it, it always goes back to where was their father? You know, was their father involved? And I, in my belief, and it's it would take a lot to move me off of this theory that, you know, fatherlessness or lack of fathers being involved, um, fatherly love and guidance, you know, the lack of all of that, I think it is the root of the majority of the issues that we have in this country. And so I kind of wanted to, you know, the goal of the Father's Day series was to highlight fathers that I respect, that are doing the work, that are showing their work, and the proof is in the pudding in the results that they've, you know, gotten from, you know, the many successes and, you know, some failures sprinkled in between you know, on their journey to, you know, becoming great dads. And I've got to experience them firsthand. Uh, I'm glad that I was able to get my dad involved. Uh, you know, my friend David, thank you to him. Chris, you know, I, I strongly encourage you to go back and listen to those episodes and and kind of just take in the information that they had, the wisdom that they, you know, they, that they offered. It was really, you know... Um, it was really a good thing. And so I want to, you know, kind of in this episode, I want to kind of speak to my own journey, you know, with me being, I'm I'm, going to call myself a young father because my children are young. I have a a six-year-old and a three-year-old and how it's changed me and how it's affected me personally, you know, my life, I, I feel a lot of the things that, you know, my previous guests, you know, some of the information that they offered up, I, I found extremely relatable. And I think that I, the responsibility that I felt, the weight of what I felt when my son was born, my firstborn son, when he got here, I really felt like, man, you know, this is a whole person that I'm literally responsible for. You know, it's one thing when you get married, you take a wife and, you know, you look at your wife and you're like, okay, every decision I make affects this person. 
And so we, we have to figure out a way to gel and work together. And for, for my wife and I, a lot of that stuff was worked out before we got married, married while we, we, we worked out a lot of it while we were dating. Uh, and then we just, you know, we had a, a really solid foundation to build on, you know, after, you know, the, the nuptials and the wedding was over and we kind of started our journey of, you know, husband and wife, we had a lot of stuff kind of set and there were, there were some things that we did have to figure out and work through, you know, quirks and isms of, you know, that come with, you know, living with somebody that you're not used to living with and, you know, the adjustments that you have to make that come with what it means to be, you know, newlyweds. But when my son was born, I looked at him and I said to myself, okay, I'm now responsible for every decision that I make, you know, can have an impact on him. And it it basically just took a different perspective. It it took it it just it felt different. It hit differently when he was born. And I'm like, wow, man, I, I I'm I'm responsible for, you know, shaping this person's worldview. You know, kind of giving them a blueprint for what a man is supposed to be like. You know, what fatherly love is supposed to look and feel like. And it is more than a notion. And I had no idea what I was doing. I thought I did because, you know, my dad was great. And, I, you know, I felt like I could kind of repeat and, and kind of rehash some of the things that he did with myself and my sisters growing up. And I felt like I could kind of recreate a lot of that, but, you know, put my own spin on it, you know, to kind of tailor it to, you know, my child and my children. And I realized early on that where children are concerned, there is something that I heard that your father, you know, where fathers and daughters are concerned, you know, my, um, my father is, or fathers are supposed to be, or should be the first man that loves their daughter, but doesn't want anything from them. Likewise, mothers and sons should always also have the same dynamic. Your mom is supposed to be the first woman that loves you, but doesn't want anything from you. And I felt the weight of that immensely. When Carson was born, I immediately loved him. I wanted to do everything I could possibly to help make his life better than mine. And I've lived a pretty good life. You know, I have to say I've been blessed. You know, God has really kept me and and really, you know, shielded me from a lot. You know, when I think of the 10 years that I spent in Atlanta, um, God really does take care of babies and fools because I was a fool a lot in Atlanta, a lot. And God kept me from so many things. And I'm grateful when I look back on that time. And think about where, you know, my life could have been. And and so knowing that I want to help my children avoid those pitfalls, avoid those roadblocks and and, you know, these little issues that pop up and kind of giving them, you know, making sure that they're equipped mentally, that they have the wisdom, they know, 
you know, the wherewithal, they understand that there is some godly insight that should be tapped into to help them navigate through life. And it starts with me. It starts with their mother. It starts with us showing them the way by leading by example. And that's been my mission with my children. It's been my mission um, with, you know, Carson and, you know, my, my daughter, McKenna, you know, to kind of parent them. And I said this in in um, the podcast with Chris McNeil. He and I were talking and, and I related to him because, you know, our children are around the same age. And when I didn't understand what to do, you know, one of the prayers that my wife and I used to pray is, Lord, give us the wisdom to parent you know, give us the wisdom to be their mom and dad, like help us, like the way you help us through life, the way you guide us and lead us and direct us and, you know, and help us make the decisions that we make that, you know, lead to us, you know, having these successful moments in our life. We just ask that that same thing would spill over into this new aspect of, you know, our lives as parents and to help us. And it was important. It was important to me. It was important to her because of our family backgrounds, you know, our mothers and fathers being involved that there was, you know, there's no other option. We we were here to be fully invested in the success of our children. And I think that from what I've seen and from I'm wit- from what I've witnessed the conversations that I've had over the years, you know, with some of my friends, you know, peers, colleagues, what have you, and the topic of family comes up and you kind of hear where, you know, an individual doesn't have a dad at home or they didn't grow up with their mom or, you know, there was a deficit and, it 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 makes a difference. I mean, forget the statistical data that's available to show, you know, the success and failure ratio in in you know where kids that come from a two parent home compared to kids that don't. You know, let's let's put all that aside because that 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 data is is extremely relevant. But just from having conversations with kids and observing, you know, the behaviors you know, um, the, you know, how well adjusted they are in society, you know, whether, um, you know, just, you can tell it's this, there's something there. And I thought about how, you know, the, my mom would say when I was a kid, like if we would go out somewhere, uh, and and something happened to where, you know, something, a kid in public did something. And, you know, my mom might say every now and then she would just say, well, they just don't have any home training. And when I was in junior high and, you know, high school, that was kind of like a diss. Like if you don't have no home training, then that means that you just don't you don't know how to carry yourself in public. And, you know, as I get older now, I look at it at, you know, the way people carry themselves the decisions they choose to make that a big part of that is their home training. They do have home training. Um, it, it just is misguided it's misdirected and it's, it's putting them at a deficit where society is concerned. 
Um, I I don't if if a man is not there in the home to teach his son how to um, open the door for a lady. You know, my dad taught me so many things about being a man. And I, I remember I never forget this one time that I had a, I was sick or something. I had a doctor's appointment. I was a kid. I must have been like, you know, maybe eight, nine years old, something like that. And um, I had to go to a doctor's appointment, and, you know, my dad took me. My dad always took me to the doctor. Whenever I had a doctor's appointment, it was always my father that took me. I mean, my mom, you know, she went from time to time, but I I generally remember my dad taking me to doctor's appointments. And I remember this one appointment that I went to. We got to the waiting room, and it was packed. I mean, it was jam-packed, and there were two seats. You know, my dad, he signed us in, and, you know, we were waiting for them to call me back so I could see the doctor. And we took these last two seats. And while we were waiting, uh, a mother and her child came in. And my dad, he, he nudged me. He nudged me on the leg and he said, hey, hey, get up. Let's let's get up. And we stood up and I looked at my dad and he gave them, he gave the mother the seats that we were sitting in. And I was really confused. I looked at him and I was like, dad, I said, daddy. You know, I waited until we, you know, probably on the ride home or something like that. I said, Daddy, I said, why did we give up our seats for those two ladies? And my father looked at me and he said, son, you always give your seat to a lady. You just do that. That's the right thing to do. You can stand up, but you always make provision for a lady to sit down and be comfortable. And that was that. That was enough for me. He gave me the he gave me the answer. I asked him. He answered. And that was enough for me. And I said, OK. And so that became a part of the makeup where, you know, you hold doors open. I watched my dad hold the door open for my mom. I watched him. You know, if we walked into a building, if he was my mom was getting in the car, I watched him open the door for her to get in the car. You know, I saw all these things. You know, when we walked down the sidewalk, I saw my father walk on the outside of the sidewalk to protect my mother, you know, should something happen. And these are the things that I just learned and they became a part of my identity. You know, they became embedded in the DNA of who I was. And I learned that from my dad so many things about who I am and we got a chance to talk about some of it in the podcast between he and I and just to know that I had that um I had that safety net you know so to speak you know I had that undergirding behind me I had that support I didn't realize it at the time but man, I just, you know, I'm thankful for it now. I'm grateful for it now. And I was really thankful for it when I got out on my own because that mentality and that wherewithal to understand, you know, how to interact with people, with strangers in certain, you know, uh, arenas, it helped me. It helped me develop relationships. It got me inside a lot of doors that my peers did not have access to. And it made the difference. It made the difference. I was able to, you know, get a seat at a lot of tables because I understood the dynamic on how to interact with people. And I learned it from my father. My dad was a people person. He talked, he always greeted people. Even to this day, you know, when my father goes to someplace as simple as a grocery store 
He speaks to people. He uses names. If somebody's wearing a name tag, he addresses them by their name. And I've learned to do that. I've learned to do that. And it's just, it's habit to me. And and it's interesting to me, like now, you know, my wife laughs at me when we go through a drive-thru. Any anywhere, any 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 drive-through. As soon as you know, soon as somebody says, you know, welcome to such and such place, may I take your order? I always start by saying, "Hey, how are you doing today?" And I wait for their response, and it never fails. They're caught off guard in the grocery store, any store, any place that I go to. I speak to people, "Hey, how are you? How's your day going today?" And I'm not doing it just to make conversation. I'm doing it to be polite. It's the right thing to do. And, you know, having been on the retail side and been in retail management, I understand what people are going through in their workday. And, you know, even in customer service, if I'm calling to pay a bill over the phone or to to get something, you know, taken care of and I have to, you know, get a live person on the phone, I always speak to them and, and use their name. And I learned that from my father. And I understand that. When young men and young women don't have a father in the house that they can model after, they are already operating at a setback. Not all, but a good majority. You know, there are exceptions to every rule. And so I don't think that anybody would argue the fact that, you know, you ask any kid, you know, you ask any man now, any grown man whose father was not involved, they will tell you without hesitation how much different their life would have been if their father had been involved from a loving and guiding and nurturing perspective. Because as we pointed out in one of the podcasts this week, some fathers are involved, but you wish they weren't. I mean, some some guys are involved and they're just they sitting in the house, but they might as well not be there. They just they they're not they're not good for anything. These are. You know, these are the guys that get labeled sperm donors because that's really all they were good for. Everybody's not cut out for parenting. You know, mothers are not made, you know, some some women are not cut out to be moms. They just don't have, you know, that that nurturing instinct, um, which we think should be inherent in every woman. Again, it's not. And so I I think that. When I look at my life and everything that I've learned from my father, everything that I've learned from other upstanding, upright men that have been role models in my life, uncles, you know, uh, big brothers, uh, so to speak, you know, people in my tribe and that make up my circle of influence. Anybody that I've tried to emulate, I try to. Um, <clears throat> focus that in so that my son will learn all of that and much more from me so that all the opportunities that I've I've had, he'll have twice those opportunities because, you know, I'm able to put him in a position to win. I'm able to put my daughter in a position to win. You know, my little girl who I love, you know, my children that I love, you know, without question, unconditionally. And I want to see them succeed. I want them to win. I want them to be better uh, than me. And that is what real parenting is about. 
real fatherhood is about, you know, wanting the best for your children and wanting them to succeed far beyond what you have, you know, what you yourself have done. And, you know, it, it takes work. It takes work. It takes effort. It takes discipline. It takes showing up. And if I've, if I haven't had that influence in my life, then it's easy for me to walk away from that responsibility because I haven't had it shown to me. And that's why we have such a bastard spirit in America, in our society, not just America, but all over the world. You know, why there's just such a easy, you know, it's just so easy to, you know, walk away from the responsibility of fatherhood. Or it's so easy for a mom to walk away from the 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 responsibility of being a mother and, and instead walk into a Planned Parenthood facility. You know, I, I just, because they have not seen, you know, they come from broken family lives. They're not taught responsibility. They don't appreciate and respect the gravity of the decision that they make to, you know, engage in unprotected sex, which I don't understand. That's another that's another podcast where, you know, the abortion discussion, uh, you know, will take place. So I won't I won't get into that here because this is about the dads. This is about the fathers, because Father's Day is, is coming up. It's Sunday, June 19th. And I just want to take some time you know, to highlight the fathers that are out here, that are out here doing it, that are out here making a difference. They're looking at their children and they're trying to protect them. They're trying to, you know, help them win. And that's the goal of any father, any respectable man that has children, you want your kids to win. And if you don't, then you need to put your kids in a position to win with somebody else. And, you know, I think that um, I think that our children, they will, you know, there's a way to overcome the social, emotional and mental issues that we have if fathers can just move their pride out of the way and realize that it's not about them. It's about their children and taking care of them. And so I have extremely high respect for fathers that are involved, I have, you know, shout out to single fathers who are, you know, taking care of their children and the mother is nowhere around. It's, that stuff is happening. Those are the stories that don't get highlighted because, you know, all we want to talk about is, you know, deadbeat dads and my father wasn't around and, you know, so on and so forth. But here's the reality. If it wasn't for child support, there'd be a lot of deadbeat mothers. And that's a fact. So um, let's just kind of give our flowers to the fathers, you know, while we can. And Father's Day is for fathers. It's not for single mothers. Y'all need to fall back. Y'all had Mother's Day last month. Enjoy it. That was it. There's no there's no pat on the back. There's no congratulations for a single mother who thinks that she's doing the job of a father and deserves some credit on Father's Day. Man, Man, look out. I, no, no, we don't do that here. And if you think that you deserve some credit, then there's something wrong with you. You know, the moms that feel like they need a pat on the back on Mother's Day and Father's Day. No, ma'am, I'm sorry. This is about the fathers. This is about the men 
that made the choice to take their responsibility to the next level and help their children succeed the success of our children. I've always said, I've said before, uh, I think it was during the Kids Lives Matter uh, series. Go back and check it out if you haven't heard it. But I think that society, our culture, in the end, we will be judged for how we've handled our children, how we've cared for our children. You know, it's hard for me to respect a man who does not look out for his kids, especially if he has the means to do so. If you have the means to make it right, if you have the means to, you know, just communicate and have a conversation with your children, you know what I mean? Not even understanding the damage that they've done is more than likely repairable if they're willing to just talk and listen and answer questions to find out from their children, you know, why didn't you, why weren't you involved? Why did this happen? So on and so on and so forth. Man, that stuff is crucial. It's vital. And if you can't have those conversations and you're cool with your, you know, your children looking at you a certain way or not being, you know, not having a relationship with them, I just can't respect you. I, I don't have, I don't have a respect for you. You're not really a man if you're not involved with your children. And I'm talking about Knowing what's happening in their day to day, you know, being aware, being present, showing up to the things that you can show up for. You know, it's not just sending them money, you know, or, you know, birthday presents and stuff like that. Not the not the material thing. Children don't want that. They want that. They want to know that they have somebody in their life that they can depend on. And don't even get me started on if that kid looks like you. I can't imagine I can't imagine having somebody that looks like me that I don't want nothing to do with. Somebody that came from me, that has shared DNA with me, and I don't want nothing to do with them? No. I can't, no. It's no. It's not an option for me. And it is not God's way. It shouldn't be an option for anybody. Any man. And so I think that once we address the cancer that is fatherlessness in our society, until we do that, we're going to have more of the same. Everybody talks about, you know, mental illness and mental health and so on and so forth. A lot of that stems from these kids growing up having screwed up mentalities and mindsets because their dad was not involved. Their dad was not loving and nurturing. He didn't respect the relationship between a father and a son or a father and a daughter. He didn't play his part. And that did something. It flipped the switch off in a child's brain and caused a mental growth spurt that led to whatever mental illness you want to name off, depression, anxiety, you know, all of that stuff plays a part. And I believe that. And so um, I'm just thankful again, man. I'm, I'm doing the best I can. I'm following, you know, what's, what's ahead of me. I'm following the leadership, you know, by the Holy Spirit in the spiritual aspect. You know, from a secular, natural standpoint, you know, I have my dad who I'm uh, beyond grateful for. You know, my father has really, I can't say it enough, um, the impact that he's had and he's still having on, you know, how I choose to be a father to, 
you know, my children, how I choose to love my wife is because the way I saw my dad love my mom growing up. I saw it. I saw it was tangible. I saw these things. And so I know that it's possible. So if you're a father listening to this, I support you. I believe in you. I appreciate you and I respect you. Uh, And if you are a father that's having, you know, some issues with with your child, with your son or your daughter, it is never too late to open up the lines of communication and just ask your child, can you forgive me? I want to meet you where you are and let's start over, you know, and apologize for not being there. Because if you weren't there for your child, it's a good bet that your father wasn't there for you and you know how that feels. And to do that to another person. Man, that takes stones, man. That that takes balls, bro, to do something like that. And I just can't, I can't imagine it. So, um, yeah, find a way, find a way to get, get back to your children and love them, you know, the way it was intended for you to love them, to care for them the way it was intended for you to care for them. The family structure was designed specifically it was tailor-made, so just find a way. So, dads, happy Father's Day to all of you. Uh, I hope you have a great day. I uh, hope that you find a time to rest and enjoy your children and just kind of take in, you know, take a moment to take in what it means to be a father, what it means to you, and know that you are appreciated. Keep up the hard work. Keep up the discipline. Because we see your effort and more more importantly, your children see your effort and they love you for it. So until next time, send me an email, uncommon sense with KT at gmail.com. Let me know what you think of the series. You know, which episode was your favorite? You know, which one which conversation impacted you the most? Was it Dave Felton? Was it Chris McNeil? Or, you know, even my pops, you know, the, the insight that he he um he lended to the podcast, you know. Let me know what you think. And um, until next time, remember, common sense is uncommon. Peace.